forever. Dog. Hi, hi, hi. It's Sydney. And Marie. From the Unofficial Expert Podcast. We're here to tell you what you need to check out this week on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Let's start with Treks in the City, a podcast hosted by Alice Wetterland and Veronica Arsario. And they welcome back fan favorite guest Paul F. Tompkins. Talking about Star Trek, the next generation, space fashion, intergalactic sex, and so much more. But why stop there? Check out more great Treks in the City quarantine episodes with guests like Amanda Seals, Yodoya Travis, and Forever Dog podcasters Tom Sharpling and Mitra Johari. And if you missed it on Sloppy Seconds, Big Dipper and Meatball interview actor and comedian Lauren Lapkus from the Netflix movie The Wrong Missy. Do you know what it's like to grind on David Spade? Well, she does. And of course, hello, you already know, we'd love for you to check out and subscribe our freaking show, The Unofficial Expert, where we talk to our favorite comedians and friends about their fields of fake expertises. We had some incredible guests like Devin Walker as a reform hoe expert, Alana mm-hmm. Glazer as a friendship expert, mm-hmm. and Forever Dog own Meg Stalter as the church expert. So laugh and learn something absolutely ridiculous by subscribing again to the unofficial expert thanks for listening and for all the latest forever dog updates videos and episode clips make sure to follow forever dog team on twitter and instagram now enjoy this episode forever Welcome to another Friday episode of Iconography. As you can maybe tell, Io is in LA, so we're, you know, we're wheeling and dealing. We're freewheeling here. It's just me. I'm Olivia. Um, Before we get into today's ep, I want to remind you guys that Io and I are doing a live show November 9th at 3 p.m. at Union Hall as part of the New York City Comedy Festival. Uh, I think there's ticket links in both of our bios. You guys should come out. We're going to, we're planning games and interviews and everything that they'll uh, let us squeeze into an hour there. Um, But for today, right now, I've deemed this uh, Music Writer Boy Week on Iconography. I've got my good buddy Grant Rinder. Is that how I pronounce your last name? I've never said it out loud. You're close enough. Get into the mic. Hey, (laughs) um, you're better than like most of my high school friends. Okay, sick. saying my name wrong for 10 years. Um, Grant writes all over the place. Nylon, dazed, genius. Where else? Where else? What am I missing? Uh, wherever will send me a check six months Sick. late. Complex, billboard. I should stop naming names now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They all know. It's not like they don't know that they're yeah, <laughs> bad at invoices. Um, Grant is here because we're going to talk albums of the decade, songs of the decade. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork released their like 200 best songs and albums list this week, and it's uh, truly all I've been talking about for like five straight days. And since Io's not here, I decided to fully throw a mutiny of this podcast. And I just want to talk about like what the last 10 years of music have been like. So- yeah. At one point on, I guess, Tuesday, whenever the lists came out, 
I was in three separate group texts, including one with you, over this, and my phone was overheating to the point that I needed to like set it down <laughs> for like ten minutes and just restore. So it I it was feel, like a hot button. People love a list. People love lists. Um, I love lists. I love lists. Uh, we also made our own list, so we'll get to that soon. But like, Grant, what's stuck out to you from? Uh, let's start. Do you want to start with songs or albums? Um. Hmm. I feel like songs. I feel like yeah. we work our way. We ramp we work up. our way to like the the magnum mm-hmm. opuses. Um, what 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 songs did you what? Okay, so their number one song is. Let me make sure I know what their number one song is. It's all right, right? It's all right. It's all right by Kendrick Lamar. Yes, which feels like sure. <laughs> like I don't know. If you had asked me before the list had come out, I just had to guess one song. My life depended on it. That probably really? would have been. Yeah, because I was talking to someone about this today. That song, like, kind of sums up the last 10 years mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, better than a lot of other stuff. Um, I have never been a big to pimp a butterfly person because I'm dumb. <laughs> and I just, I it's so dense. But I get the choice. I do. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it's also, you know, no, no list is perfect. Like right. everything is like subjective and arbitrary. And one thing that like this whole like discussion has made me think of is like, oh, there's been so many songs. Mm. <laughs> Ten years is so many. Two songs. and two. I I yeah. thought two and two came out in like 2007, and when I saw it on this list of number six, I was like, that's the right spot for it because that song is amazing. But also, holy shit. Yeah, it it really kind of made me think about like the passing of time, and I was like. 10, 10 years ago was when like the fame monster came out or yeah. whatever. I was like, oh no. Well, especially for, for people in our age group, I'm 25. and <laughs> A uh, new 25. Freshly, Happy birthday, Grant. Yeah, it's like a new tattoo. It's still itchy and, you know. Um, but like, it's such a weird time period for us because it's from like middle of high school, early high school to like a adulthood yeah so all the music means so much it's so so, yeah it's truly I was thinking about this earlier I was like oh this is like truly the music of my life so far because I wasn't paying that much attention when I was like 12 I was like I was like I was like I'm cool because I'm listening to fallout boy yeah and like that was it and then I started paying attention and so like this decade specifically is so important to me musically Mm -hmm. um and it's like all the songs I listen to when I like learned how to drive, which I think is where everyone's music taste kind of like settles. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's like that thing people say where it's like, oh, your favorite SNL cast is going to be the one that was on when you were in high school. It's like music taste, I feel like is like kind of, or not similar, but it's like those songs are so important. Yeah. And it's, I, I still have that feeling when albums come out sometimes and I have no access to a car. I'm like, God, like I would love to be listening to Kirk in, in my car. like 2011 Ford Edge. <laughs> a lame sentence, but. You know, know, sometimes that's what it is. Yeah. Um, What did you think, like, what were some glaring omissions from the list? So one of the big ones, I think there were a lot of cases, right, where it was like they clearly made a choice on like, we're going to pick a song by this artist from this time period and we're going to pick one or the other. So like, they didn't have Finado by Chief Keef, Mm -hmm. but they had I Don't Like. And it's like, you hear I don't like and it's like cool like people get into it yeah. 
you hear Fernando at a rap concert and people lose their minds. You can like feel the floor shake in Chicago, in New York, anywhere. Mm -hmm. That was one where I was like, okay, this, this seems like it's kind of missing. Um, what else? I was just thinking about this. Um, so there's a couple that I'm just like, these shouldn't be on here in the first place because they're bad. <laughs> like, Bad and Bougie is a bad oh, yeah, song. That's, bad and Bougie is not a good song. And I think it's it's kind of the thing of like, are we talking best songs? Are we talking like big songs? Are we talking influential songs? Like, what right. does best mean in this context? Well, and it's such a weird one because like, the best version of Bad and Bougie that I ever heard was the 10-hour mix of Offset just going woo. <laughs> like, which didn't feel that much longer than the real song because the real song is like it's, six minutes so long. long. And yeah, it's like songs that really were only memes. I'm trying to figure out like, should they be on this list? Yeah. Like, there should be a Post Malone song on this list and there's not. There's I not a Post Malone I don't, song? I don't think so. And like, Okay. Uh, like you know. I, no, I think like Rockstar is a really good Rockstar? song. Okay. Rockstar is an incredible song. Let's do a Post Malone sidebar real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post Malone is good sometimes. <laughs> Listen. I can't believe that the first time I'm admitting this is on air. <laughs> but yeah, his music is definitely more good than bad. It's more good than bad. I think the the like sticking point with Post Malone is where people are like, he's a rapper. And it's like, Post Malone's not a rapper. No. Post Malone is a singer. Post Malone is like, Closer to like Jack Johnson than Chief Keef. Yeah. And once we all realize that, you can really like kind of let that wash over you. Well, and the funny thing is, it's like now, you know, I guess there are enough diehard Post Malone fans that like he throws a festival, but it's like most of us are just like passively tolerating it. And I just have this feeling that like 30 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, oh no, he was like the pivot point of music. He is, you know, in all the textbooks. <laughs> oh God, I'm old. Um, so it's like, it's funny to think of music that we just tolerate now as I'm like, this is the pivot point Yeah, for I feel like we will need some distance from Post Malone and then, uh, you know, I'll write a 33 and a third. That would be <laughs> phenomenal. Post Malone. Yeah. Um, White Iverson goes off. Great song. Uh, congratulations. Fun to hear in an H&M. Yeah. Even Psycho, which I think is like just fine. Um... Yeah, no. He's I got... love Psycho because it sounds like a Ty Dolla Sign song. He's right. just he's just like pretending to be Ty Dolla Sign. I'm like, this is great. Right. Um, okay, but other songs that I thought were missing. So like another example of what I was saying was Heat Wave by Snail Mail wasn't on there because mm -hmm. they did... They did Pristine. Yeah. Right? And like both of those songs make me sad, but Heat Wave is like that like... Hits harder. Sticks to your ribs like you're sad for hours. Yeah, again, this is like a whole thing of like what happens behind closed doors and like what right. kind of like arguments get had. And I'm also curious because I'm curious what happens when like, because obviously the New York Times is probably going to do a list similar to this. And like, like three more came every, out this yeah, week. Every, every like publication is going to have their own version of this. And so like where your publication's voice like fits into it mm -hmm. is so crucial. Um, real journalism hours. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> now that I, I am not here, jokes, but I, I can, can you know. really, we can do media crit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you see that Uproxx list? <laughs> I took a little look at the one that I took a look at that infuriated me was Paste. What did Paste say? It was like the Pitchfork list, except every album there was a white person with a guitar was like twenty to thirty spots higher. Ooh. Yeah. So it had like Jason Isbell and Father John Misty shit on it, which is all fine. Yeah. 
but mm. but it's like mm, no. What was tops? what was what was the uprocks list? The uprocks list um, was like just ranking the the best like hip hop albums of the 2010s. Because when I hear uprocks, I think you think hip hop. Yes, rap. of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> and let, let me just like scroll to the the top. Okay, I already like it more than the Pitchfork list because really? it has uh, Mac Miller in the header, and there's no Mac albums or songs, which I think you pointed which out. Which is crazy. It's a little Pitchfork. I think never like got there with him, but to have nothing on either list really to have nothing. Me. Also, just because it like was such a big deal when he died yeah. that it was like, oh, are we not like? gonna acknowledge yeah. that this was like such a big deal okay uh, I've actually got a take I have looked through the first nine entries on this list and it's better really okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's better it's got uh, rapper go to the league by 2 chains, which no 2 chains sure. on the pitchfork list it has this is something that I feel kind of bad about and we talked about this a little bit but like I should stop referencing a conversation that didn't happen <laughs> on the podcast. Um, 3005 by Childish Don't Gambino. Don't bring that here. Or, okay, that, look, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, not the most likable guy, but there are songs in that album that I think should be, at least one song, 2005 one, Telegraph because the Telegraph bleh, Because the internet song. I, I think, think so. so. I just like... Okay, what I will say is that the number one hip-hop album for them is if you're reading this it's too late okay good take really favorite drake album really i only like the first half i think the first half is kind of brilliant and then it like really peters out see for me that's definitely a time and place album because that was i think my first winter of college and it was my first chicago winter and it was like <laughs> brutal that's drake's like best album of like hoodie music <laughs> Where you're just kind of like, you've got your jacket up and you're kind of scowling. And the album just sounds like really cold. Mm -hmm. And I have Jungle on my best songs list, which I think is like a top three or four Drake do track. You, do you want to use that as a segue to tell me what your top 10 songs of the 2010s are? Uh, absolutely. I Grant and I both way. made our lists and texted them to each other today. And they're both really like reflective of the two of us yeah <laughs> i think i think it's like really if you like showed a person who knew both of us this list they'd be like that's grant that's olivia yeah i think if, if we like didn't know each other i feel like you could just see the list and you get a somewhat of a yeah. read on yeah okay um should i go reverse or should i, I start should, a one i think you should go from 10 because we've already fought about your number one. <laughs> oh yeah 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 all right so um 10, I had Nights by Frank Ocean. 9, I had Pride by Kendrick Lamar. 8, I had Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, 7, I had No One Knows Me Like the Piano by Sampha, which is the song I most recently cried to, and I was just sitting at my desk. That song and makes like, me weep. <laughs> yeah. It was like 11 a.m., and I was like, oh, I love Sampha. I haven't listened to Sampha in ages. I'm just going to listen to the album. And I got to that song, and I played it. And I played it again, and then I played it a third time, and my eyes were welling up, and I sit, like, next to my boss, so I just, like, ran. I was like, I gotta get to the bathroom, I gotta get... Uh, open office plans are, should be illegal for almost this exact reason. Which you is can't that feel your sometimes feelings. Sometimes you want to cry at work, and you shouldn't have to let your coworkers see if you don't want to. A hundred percent. Um, okay, so, six is Jungle by Drake. 
Five is Prom King by Saba. Four is Drone Bomb Me by Anoni, which I stand for in our chat leading up to the list and felt very vindicated that they had it, like 25 or something. Uh, three is Ockerville R.I.P. by Ockerville River. Uh, they're like a high school band for me, so Cute. it's like a real like in the core. Uh, two is Needed Me by Rihanna. Of course. No brainer. Um, and then my number one song <laughs> is uh, the two-part Chance the Rapper song, Pusher Man, Paranoia. And I will go so far as to say oh. this number one ranking is actually really just for Paranoia. Uh-huh. Pusher Man is good. Paranoia is, what I think, one of the best rap songs that's ever been made. So... I, drag me no i just i just uh for like the past two weeks have been uh laughing bringing it up in conversation that grant made a chance the rapper song his number one song of the entire decade well and i'll say i don't like chance the rapper i think yes big day is uh the worst album i've listened to in its entirety this year i think he's saying you made it all the way through i had to oh for business um <laughs> Um, no, it was actually just a sadistic thing. I I only give albums like personal like grades or whatever. This is music journalist minutia nerdery. I can, I feel like I can only like rank an album if I've heard it in its entirety. And that album is so fucking terrible and long. And it's just great because it's like he gets bodied by so many different rappers on the album. Yeah. It's like Valet bodies him to baby. Even Nicki Minaj like smokes him twice. (laughs) So it's kind of funny. Um, it's like a roast almost. But yeah, I think that song um, is just like, it's super raw. It's super powerful. It's a weird collab because it's no such thing. Mm-hmm. Made the beat. And I don't know. It's like, that's one of those few songs with Chance where I, I see what the stands see. I'm just like, I get it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, it has been a decade of, the, the decade of Chance the Rapper has been interesting because it's like you start with like acid rap and you're like, I get this. Yeah. We're, we're cool. Like even like 10 day, you're like, oh, interesting. Like, and, and then it's off the rails. And then it's off the rails. Jesus, and then take he's, the wheel. And then he like sobers up and gets really into Jesus and it's like, oh, well, maybe I don't know about this. That's that's my favorite um, of the like the, the Pitchfork albums list egg on their face moment because they gave pitchfork like a nine and it's or they, they give pitchfork they give chance they give coloring book oh. a nine and it is nowhere to be found that, yeah it's uh coloring book is all over the place yeah it's uh it's very jesus-y which like i like a little jesus in my hip-hop i sure. think it can be really good i think pre all the stuff kanye yeah, like an ultralight beam moment. Right, a incredible. little bit of Jesus. But when your album is like big Jesus, you lose me a little bit. <laughs> I think that's completely fair. Mm. Um, what was yours? My my top 10 songs. Mm-hmm. Okay, my top 10 songs are <laughs> Headlines by Drake, number 10. <sighs> Hannah Hunt by Vampire Weekend, number 9. Number 8, Teenage Dream by Katy Perry, which did not get the love it deserved on this You're list. damn right. It's in at 102, and it was... Such a defining song of the entire decade. Yeah, it's like, like as a pop song, and even that feels like it's like kind of dismissive. But it's like that is a literally perfect pop it song. It is like scientifically engineered to yeah. be so perfect, and like 
if we're if you're looking at it that way, it's like that. And then if you look at it in the context of Katy Perry, it's like the culmination. It's, it's the yeah, moment. It's like the moment where we were like, oh, she's kind of like here to stay for yeah. a little bit. And just like the the disrespect. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I just like at that time, whatever year that song came out, I was like peak like rap nerd stuffy. Like that was all I listened to. And I still fucked with that song. It's, it was impossible not to. It yeah. was also everywhere. Yeah. It was such a massive hit in a like a crazy way that is completely unforgettable. And I was I was listening to it as I came over here and I was like, it sounds so different from what pop sounds like in 2019. Yeah. Like it sounds a little dated now, but you're still like, oh, this like rules. <laughs> this- it also it feels like a song that like the pop song that like Taylor Swift has been trying to make for her whole career or like even like Carly Rae. It's just like, oh, it's so good. Um, Wait, also read Carly Rae. It's um, crazy to me that uh, Call Me Maybe. Didn't make it. Nowhere to be found. I I feel like a a lot of lists are going to do this. Well, it's so... I think it's a really interesting conversation about the songs that were like sort of so ubiquitous that it's hard to like think of them qualitatively. Like I was talking to my roommate about this. Would you have put Old Town Road on this list? No. If we're talking best, I would. This is also the question: is like, are we talking best or are we talking huge? Are we talking? Well, I'm I'm saying like you saw the list and you kind of understand maybe a little bit of what they were thinking. Would you have put Old Town Road on this list? Um, I was surprised it wasn't there. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Respect Carly Rae. Uh, respect Tug of War, her 2008 album Ooh. as well. Throwbacks. Um, okay, back to my list. Mm-hmm. Okay, number six, or no, number seven, White Ferrari, Frank Ocean. <sighs> number six, 212, Azalea Banks, one of the greatest songs of all time. I saw her perform that, uh, and she had a microphone in one arm fully extended and a megaphone, the megaphone that she yes. was using to uh, the famous gif of her so <laughs> like good. microphoning into the megaphone or whatever. Or no, it's megaphoning megaphone into, the mic. into the mic. But it's the only way you could possibly perform that song. It's like I also listen to that album. You can still listen to that album and be like, this sounds fresh. Like That's this broke with expensive taste. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's so good. Yeah. She like really kind of fucked herself over by being like an insane person, but like musically one of the greats um number five ride by lana del rey <laughs> number four kiss it better by beyonce or oh, that's so rude of me by rihanna Ooh. number three countdown by beyonce number two everything is embarrassing by sky ferrera and number one dancing on my own robin yeah it's really hard to to pick that list apart right, i mean one knowing you but also just like they're all anthems. There, I love an anthem. I yeah. love a pop anthem. Yeah, <laughs> love like you know, mom running music yeah. or like just you know anything that you can be like. I'm getting ready to fuck some shit up. I'm like. Also, I feel like I have unique insight into your list because I have experienced two of those songs with you live, dancing on oh, my own, yes. and everything is embarrassing. Yes. Oh my gosh, we were at a music festival this summer, mm-hmm. and we saw both Robin and Sky Ferreira. And we both kind of freaked out. <laughs> it was a lot. It was an overwhelming sensory experience. Um, yeah, no, I I think the... So I think Kiss It Better, if I hadn't put Needed Me, I probably would have put Kiss It Better. I think those are the one, two from Anti. I'm curious about Countdown of all the Beyonce songs. Um, well, okay. my I think four is the best Beyonce album. Uh, 
just because I love all the, again, anthems. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, self-titled, not a t- ton of like, it's like a lot of like slow burning. It's a little like, moody. I like yeah, it on a lot. It's but, great. But, yeah. and then Lemonade, uh, also a lot of, there's like a couple anthems on it and then it's like slow burning. And then like four is just like, bah, 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 bah. and I think that's incredible. And Countdown um, is just, you know, the best. Does four have love on top? Yes, it does. God damn. Okay. Yeah. Fair. It has uh who run the world girls. It has a uh, party. <laughs> it has uh, the one with the drums. What am I? Why am I? Oh, uh, what is on? I was here. I was here. One plus one. Okay. It, I'm starting to rethink some things. It runs yeah. the gamut. It also like when you listen to it, like, all the way through, it like has these like beautiful like peaks and valleys mm-hmm. and like album construction. Um, it's great. But since we're talking albums, we can pivot to what your favorite albums were okay. or the, of the of the decade. So a funny a funny aside quickly is I saw you know because there have been all these threads going on of like music critics talking you know like their angles of this and someone did a thread that was. What are some albums that came out this decade that were like critically acclaimed when they came out but had no impact and everyone forgot about them? And my number one album was someone was suggested by multiple people on this thread. Well, oh, oh, the one you think my is the best? My number one, yeah. Was, oh, and and I thought about it and I was like, I can't really I can't argue this because it it as much as I love it, and I'll say it in a sec, it uh didn't really it didn't like no hit ripples. the masses. No. Um, the good responses in that same thread were Everything is Love by the Carters, which doesn't exist. Yeah. That's an co- album that doesn't exist at all. It was literally. Sorry was, to Beyonce. Well, and it was wild because it came out on a Saturday and there were like 12 hours. It was like a fever dream. Yeah. People freaked out. It was like, oh my God, the Louvre, uh, Mona Lisa <laughs> yeah. suits. And then it was gone. That's I'm so glad that they didn't try to sneak ape shit onto that list because ape shit is bad because no, it's a Migos demo. I can't imagine I I ape shit and then I don't remember what any of the other, the other songs. Song? What are the other songs? I don't know. Yeah, that album is uh extremely it's just whatever. It's just like yeah. who cares? Also, the the suggestion that I think kicked that list off was 2020 experience. Oh, which yeah. I, I t- think it's a perfect choice. It's it's a perfect choice. I was kind of surprised that Mirrors wasn't on uh, any list anywhere because it was, again, it was one of those songs where I was like, I feel like this song is playing all the time. I still kind of hear it. It's like, still, it still I, I, plays. Every couple months. If you're like in a, in a Rite Aid at like 2 a.m., <laughs> you'll hear Mirrors by Justin Timberlake. I, I swear, I think, I'll say once every six weeks about Justin Timberlake naming a song, Take Back the Night. Take Back the Night. And like that phrase only means one yeah. thing, and he didn't. And he didn't. He wasn't like he didn't. No one was like Justin. Maybe don't. Yeah, this is like, for like rape survivors. We'll save the night. Or there's lots of things that are similar that Simil- aren't the name of everything. Yeah. You can really like move it around. Yeah, um, he's dumb. This is the thing about Justin Timberlake. So fucking is that dumb. He's really dumb. Yeah. Remember an album also that doesn't exist? Man, Man of the, the Woods. Woods. <laughs> What happened? I was so obsessed with Man of the Woods in like the lead up to it because I was like, what is going on? All those weird promo videos of him yeah. like burning a cornfield yeah, and he shit. Was, like, it was standing in the middle of a forest in like a flannel. And I was like, am I dreaming? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, there was that 1% chance where you were like, maybe, maybe. this is going to slap. Maybe it'll be in- incredible. It's going to be like like top 40 Bon Iver. But it was so confusing. It was so confusing. It was like, he really like went through a crisis. 
Yeah, and I think he's kind of cooked. Like, yeah, oh for sure. Um, and you know, Jessica Biel doesn't want to vaccinate their children, so yeah, that's kind of the energy of that home. We don't approve. No, no iconography disapproves. No anti-vaxxers. All right, so should I <laughs> say my list? Yeah, go crazy. Cool. Um, I did tweak this today, so but it's like minor. Um, number ten, I have Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator. Uh, number nine, I have This Is Happening by LCD Sound System. Number eight, I have Acid Rap by Chance, which I actually added because I thought it was too low on the pitchfork thing. And then I realized I was like, it's got my number one song. It's got a lot of songs. <laughs> I kind of don't like putting this here, but meh. Um, number seven is Clean by Soccer Mommy. Number six is another one I don't like having here, uh, Yeezus <laughs> by Kanye. Five is Swimming by Mac Miller. Four is Anti by Rihanna. Do you say anti or anti? I say anti. I'm going to start saying anti. <laughs> um, three is Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, number two is the Jai Paul album that's was just Jai Paul in my iTunes, but it's called like Bait Ones 04 to 13 yeah. something. And then number one. <laughs> an unimportant album as dictated <laughs> by Twitter is um, Sir Lucius Leftfoot by Big Boy of Outcast. Wow. Um, how do you feel about putting Jai Paul on like an album list? Because it was like leaked. It was like, right. like, where do we stand? I don't know. It just feels weird to include it. But like, because it was, you know, a non-consensual like release yeah no it's a super valid question someone asked me because it's on the pitchfork list in somewhere in the like the 90s yeah or the like, 100 or something and someone was like oh what do you think about that like because i'm a huge jai paul yeah. fan he's like one of my favorite artists of all time i've written about him i've you know thought a lot about what would be a decent jai paul tattoo i'm not there yet so if you think <laughs> of one uh hit me up uh I, I feel like you can't argue with where it was placed on the Pitchfork thing because of what you're saying, that it's not a real album. And had he not gone and released the songs yeah. of his own accord, and it's like, you're totally right. Like, his hand was forced, and it's probably not. Like, there's almost no way this is the album he would have put out. It was just the 13 or whatever songs that existed. But, fuck, I love I it mean, so much. I mean, that being much. said, it's better than most music. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, the two that, songs are better than most like, music. Like, you can't argue that it's like, well, this is only, it's like, no, this is incredible. And it, it, like the 30 second like snippets, I'm like, this is the greatest. Yeah, Rainbot. And it, it, it also works as an album. Like, even though it's not an album, because his sound is such a world, it feels like an album. Like, it feels like it was planned, even though it's not. Yeah. That's just how good his music is to me, at oh, least. Incredible. Yeah. He's so good. He's so good. Um... Talk to me about your big boy choice. What's up with that? <laughs> What's going on there? Fair enough. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that this is kind of the thing with these lists like we were talking about is how do you balance importance versus personal favorite, you know, that sort of thing. And this is the album that has been with me the longest of anything on this list. It came out in... I want to say actually 2010 uh, and it's just like I would put it up there with any of the like great outcast albums I think wow. yeah I think lyrically it's amazing I think he's just like such a great rapper it's got a bunch of really weird 
like memorable guest appearances on it. It's got this amazing Gucci Mane song, Shine Bloggers. It's got T.I. It's got Janelle Monet. It's got Yellow Wolf, which I don't know why I'm using that to make the <laughs> argument. Um, it's just this like really lush and immersive and cool. And it, it's just like, I've ne- my like love of it has really never flagged with one exception. There is a super tasteless joke that's made on the end of one of the songs. Uh-huh. And I like didn't think it was funny when I was a kid and, and when I heard like them. Super and now it's like now. holy shit. And and that's the one thing that I was like I I can't really reckon with mm. this. It's not music, but it is part of the album. Yeah. Well, um, Grant's canceled, so Grant's canceled, Big Boy's canceled, music is canceled. Yeah, I'm glad um, it happened among friends. This is uh, the second time this week that Yellow Wolf has come up on this podcast, and so I really need to <laughs> stop making music is voice the, come is on the, Is the podcast canceled as well? Yeah, the podcast is fully canceled because yeah. people keep bringing up white rappers from 2010. Yeah, but... Uh, I, I would say that if you've not listened to this album in a very, very long time, give it a shot because it's just it it really can't sound dated because it's such a mm-hmm. singular thing. Gorgeous. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll read my list. Um my number ten is Bury Me at Makeout Creek by <laughs> Mitski, not Puberty Two. Uh and not Be the Cowboy. Be the Cowboy was really high. Be the Cowboy's super high. I think people love Be the Cowboy because one, it's like her biggest album, just like for for the for the masses. Yeah. Uh, and like two, I think people love the idea of like fictional songwriting and that kind of like narrative around that album, where she was like, "This isn't about me. I'm writing stories yeah. about other people." Um, and it's it's like, also great, but like, yeah, it's like everyone's rooting for Mitski because yeah. she's terrific and. Yeah, it's like people kind of will that album to be really good, yeah. and I don't. I th- I would agree with you that I think Bury Me and Make Out Creek and Puberty Two Bury Me and Make Out Creek, banger after banger after banger. It really is just like that is an album for a long walk through your neighborhood or like just thinking about a crush who you want to like absolutely destroy you. Absolutely. Uh, nine, Body Talk by Robin. Mm-hmm. Eight, Broke with Expensive Taste by Azalea Banks. Seven, Modern Vampires of the City uh, by Vampire Weekend. Truly, um, embarrassingly, one of like the bands of my life. <laughs> that was I had that album on my list and I swapped it out for LCD because they're kind of the same thing. It's like to a me. similar vibe. It's just kind of like, look at like, oh, these talented boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at them go. But really just oof hits me in my heart uh number six beautiful dark twisted fantasy on forge we don't stay on kanye anymore but you know time and place uh blonde by frank ocean at number five visions by grimes at number four mm. beyonce's four at number three fun <laughs> uh, <laughs> well math humor yeah <laughs> anti by rihanna number two and number one nighttime my time by sky ferreira because Sometimes you're 17 and that album comes out and you just, you know, relate to it in a way that you're like, I don't think this is for me yet. And then you grow with it. Well, and it's funny because I only discovered that album like five months ago. Oh, my God. When before uh, we went to that festival 
and it immediately made me feel like a teenager. Yeah, like, it's uh, real teenager hours on that yeah. album. It's like really like boys are being mean to me and no one is taking me seriously. Yeah. And like, why won't you pay attention to me? And it's like, ultimately, those are themes that will keep coming up in your life. Yeah. And it's also just like, you know, if you think about it as like, albums is like soundtracking what's going on it's like i'll be like at my desk eating a salad and like i'll listen to 24 hours and i'll feel like i'm in like the climactic scene of a movie i have always said that like when if i ever got to make like my ladybird mm. it would be like it would be a lot of sky for air. Yeah. it would be like a girl walking down the hall of a school listening to, or like, and like everything is embarrassing would be like blasting and we'd be like that's her that's our girl yeah. everything is embarrassing you could soundtrack such a good scene where a teenage girl jumps in a pool and yeah. the camera oh, follows her God. underwater yes. and uh, you wouldn't have to use the perfume genius song for i know although that is a good we've talked about this on the podcast that's a good pool moment it is a the good perfume cool genius, yeah, cool moment in Booksmart. Um, so I think maybe just to like wrap things up, um, where like if you were thinking about like the 2010s musically, like one, do you have any like grand thesis about like what things sounded like or like what happened? And two, what does like what is like next year? What is like next year? sound like do you think yeah i mean i think that this is like gonna it's it's certainly not an original thought but it definitely feels like the 2010s are poptimism and oh, us yeah. like looking at you know i don't think there's been a decade in music where it's like popularity and how big an album is is sort of directly tied to its importance mm -hmm. which i think is like good and bad because when it like when it makes sense like anti and it's a phenomenal album that's also really popular and really important it's like it's so great you can talk about anti all day you can yeah. listen to it all day but then sometimes there's stuff where it's like we try to like wring meaning out of it because it's big like um everything is love Oh yeah, like that album was a big deal because of who made it. Yeah. But musically, it's not. It's really boring. I, yeah, I also think that like there, you can really directly, and I don't know if maybe this is just like you and me because we like really closely follow music media. But mm -hmm. like when an important artist releases an album, there's like twenty people behind them who are trying to write their thing about it. Yeah, and so we like bolster up the importance of an album that isn't actually that interesting or good because it's like someone needs to write about the Beyonce album because that's going to get clicks and it right. like, turns into this whole machine. And every like every angle of the album gets explored in its own think yeah. piece, you know? Even it's like, and that's good for albums that deserve it. Right. <laughs> and then if it doesn't, it's like, oh, I can't read about like the like post capitalistic implications of an album that doesn't actually have any yeah like people people did it a lot with the post malone album that just dropped and it's like i get that there's a lot to discuss about him and like he's problematic in some ways and whatever but it's also like there's not that to discuss about the music the yeah. music is just the music and you put it in between songs you really like on your pregame playlist. yeah exactly post malone is for pregames it doesn't have to be deeper than that yeah it's like it's fine um and in terms of where i think uh we'll see things going I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I thought that they they did a good job of of putting like 2019 and 2018 music on, but it's also just like we're getting further and further into the sort of genre mush. Yeah, shout uh, out to Claro for making it onto the list. That was I loved. That was a great <laughs> song. I was happy to see that. But like, 
Yeah, I think the the 2020s list is going to be kind of like a lot less concrete genre. It's going to kind of just be like you'll have like a Billie Eilish record on there and it kind of sounds like the Uzi Vert song that's next to it. And, you know, Juice, well, there won't be Juice World on a best songs list. <laughs> you don't know. I mean, he, okay, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll get good. It's a long decade. He'll be 45 by the end of it. Um, <laughs> and Nav will be 80. <laughs> oh, my dad. Um, yeah, the 2020 list will have a lot of Nav on it, um, I believe, in my heart of hearts. Um, but no, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting too because you wonder... Not to get like real music journalism nerdy, but it's like, will it even make sense to do an albums list right. in 2029, you know? Yeah. Remember when Drake said Views was a playlist? Yeah. And More Life. <laughs> oh, them... no, it was More Life. More yeah. Life was the playlist. Okay. I kind of think More Life got a bum rap. Also, Passion Fruit should be on the list. Yes. What do you think of the Drake choices? Um... I think, I don't remember what they, oh, I think the Drake choices are good mostly because I'm a big take care head. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that like, take care cracks the top 15. It's like number 13. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of in a, a gorgeous place between Lord's melodrama and Rihanna's anti. Wow, that's. This list where I'm like, cool. Extraordinary. Um, but I think they're good. I think, you know, we were talking to Alphonse about this when we were talking about future and it's like, there's, absolutely no way to look at this decade and be like to ignore drake like this no, decade of course not. this decade was defined by like drake and beyonce and rihanna and like to a certain extent like taylor swift i guess but like um yeah i think also in 20 like the future i think listening to teenage dream today i was like wow this song is so optimistic and cheery <laughs> and hopeful and like you know about just partying and having fun with your friends and then i was thinking like mm, that's not like what we really make pop music about no. anymore now pop music is like about being like a weird loser yeah <laughs> like alone at the party and also you're afraid that the world is gonna end yeah and, and pills and pills and just like like doom <laughs> like doom yeah. is such a big thing in a way that it like didn't always seem in like top 40 music no there's no escapism anymore no. really it's yeah. all just it's like you're sad listen to this song and feel worse right it's like i guess like camila cabello is still trying to do it but then when she does it it sounds like weird i'm like this is not the kind of music like i don't know you listen to sweet but psycho and you're like this is more <laughs> right or even like uh like thank you next like the album or the song it's yeah. like that fits better even right. though it's a little yeah. bubbly being like i uh have the like, like chronic PTSD and like right, all this terrible, terrible <laughs> and, trauma, like, horrible anxiety, and it's like, but it's a pop song. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool, like that's what we're gonna do. That's the way. And then I hear Senorita, and I'm like, no, honey, sweetie, yeah. no. Um, okay, should we? Hmm, I'm trying to think if I should try make you do a Vroom Vroom because I think it would be funny. Um, oh, I like Vroom Vroom. Oh, you do? I do. Okay. I oh, enjoy that gorgeous. segment quite okay. a lot. Well, I'm going to make Grant <laughs> do a Vroom Vroom, which <laughs> who knows how that'll go. Okay. I think we should try to get Drake <laughs> album of the year. I'm down. I'm down. Let's see if we can I do it. I think it will be impossible. I don't think he has it in him, but I'm willing to try. Being in the biz is about taking on a client. <laughs> <laughs> who might, yeah, who, who might, might be fail you. <laughs> The thing is, I think if Drake had, if he was going to do it, it would have been 
take care or right after take care. But it maybe should have been take care. We'll get a we'll get like a Lake Room. We'll get like a departed Oscar for yeah. Scorsese. Oh, oh okay. Okay. So I'm gonna put the timer on, even though that means nothing. Vroom vroom. By the way, is a segment where usually I and I try to craft a vehicle. Vroom vroom. Do you get it? Uh, <laughs> about for uh, someone who has yet to win an Oscar but deserves one and we try to win them an Oscar and as hot producer Andrew suggested today we're gonna do music uh, we're gonna try to win Drake who has never won album of the year album of the year we're, and I you know this isn't a albums aren't screenplays famously um, but we're gonna see what we can do here I'm gonna start the clock let's go Okay, so I do think it has to be like late in career. He yeah, has to like forties. So old, and I think maybe it's like. My question is: Is he still rapping? Has he gone full singing? Has he gone full singing? Is he wearing is it his like dad's an R&B? big suits? Yeah. Is his dad on the album? No. Okay. Dennis stays away. Dennis stays away. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it would. De- it could definitely be more like R and B, like second disc of Scorpion Drake. Yeah. Uh. What's it about? What is he talking about? Okay, here's what I am thinking. I think it has to be like truly the most emotionally raw and vulnerable work of his career. And I think it has to be like, I was a shitty dad. I had a shitty dad. I was like, I fucked around on women. And now like, I like look at this, my like empire of dirt. (laughs) Yeah. Like really reckoning with like fame and money and like, all the ways that like being a, a rich hot guy has like fucked him up. Right. It's inside Aubrey Graham. Inside Aubrey Graham. Uh, he does have to go to therapy for this to work. Yeah. <laughs> like he has to spend some years in the chair before I think he can like. Yeah. He's not there. No, absolutely not. Um, and who would you want to produce it? Oh my God. In my head, I was just like Jack Antonoff, which is a lie, but I was like, what would that sound like? Fascinating. That would be the biggest song no one wants to hear. Absolutely. It would be huge and it would be horrible. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think it it shouldn't be like a rap producer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to think of an album that was like sort of did this, like reckoned with this enough. In my mind, I keep thinking St. Vincent. I don't know oh, why. Oh, wait. That'd, be, that'd go kind of crazy. <laughs> it'd go crazy, but I don't think it's the thing we're looking for. No. I think it'd be like really angular and weird. Um, Let's think here. What is uh, Mount Erie's name? Phil Elvrum. Phil Elvrum. Oh, yeah. shit. Phil Elvrum produces Drake's like atonement album where he's mostly singing. Yeah. I fuck with that. It might kind of sound like a little peep record. Like it's sure. a lot of guitar and drums. But like, like also, you know, it's what? Drake is 30 something. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at 10, 15 years from now. Uh, music will sound a little different. Yeah. And they'll be able to like adjust to that. I like this. I like this a lot. Who would, because Drake albums always have guests. Oh, Who would always you want have on guests. It? Okay. Well, hmm. I mean, some rapper who's being born tomorrow right <laughs> will feature on it and they their name won't even be a name it'll be like a key smash thing it'll yeah. be like it'll be like blah, 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 blah. um but i think um who would be really like someone completely out of left field like saint vincent should be on it yeah but i have a thought okay so this is 15 years in the future drake will be 47 but 
future <laughs> will be 50 oh, and i want God. like a song called like what a time it was to be alive this is them like looking back oh that would be incredible yeah. oh that's perfect yeah i would that's i want that to be like yeah. the closing song in the record oh yeah okay so we're geniuses uh we've got we won drake his Grammy. I think he got it. I think he got it. The CDs are cool again. He sold a bunch oh of those. Oh my god, CDs are like vintage. Yeah, they're cassettes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll be fun. I can't wait to own a CD player in 15 years. <laughs> Burning like a I have like one CD and it's truly a Patty Smith CD I've had for 10 years or whatever. My heart. And I can't play it. <laughs> I can't play it. Um Grant, thank you so much for coming on yeah, in Io's absence. Um, I hope you guys cared about <laughs> <laughs> me and Grant being like, meow, meow, music. Um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, and don't forget to buy your tickets to me and Io's live show on November 9th at Union Hall. And thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the show. Once again, if you like hilarious comedians talking about things they're obsessed with, you'll love our podcast, The Unofficial Expert. Now go listen to all of our episodes right now. Bye.